0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Toniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's podcast is Faisal uh, Carmelli, who is an author, talk show host, business analyst, financial advisor based in Calgary. Have I missed anything, Faisal? No, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk, first of all, uh, uh, before we get into some of the uh, uh, sort of the media stuff you do, tell us a little bit about uh, your financial background and what do you do in that area?
1: Yeah, so my business partner and I, uh, Dave which we started a practice called the which Carmeli Advisory Group. Um, we merged our individual practices about 15 years ago, and we decided to focus on uh, two major categories, two different groups, our key pro practice. Is working with people who are transitioning to or living in retirement we also help work with entrepreneurs who are, who are building their wealth and getting ready for retirement within within 10 years or less than 10 years or already in retirement that's the most vulnerable stage in a person's financial life when they're basically yeah. going to be living off their savings um, and they're going to be able to work around their lifestyle based on that versus like a paycheck or or business income or whatever it may be so most vulnerable time in the state in their stage of life so we wanted to build an entire practice where we can add value, give support, advice, and proper money management around that, And that's what we built about 15 years ago.
0: So I'm just curious of uh, yourself personally, like, uh, uh, how did you get into this and and why? Like, I, I can imagine growing up as a, as a kid, you probably weren't thinking, I want to be a financial advisor when I grow up.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Mario, what was interesting is when I was 16 years old, an individual gave me an opportunity to work on a summertime job at a financial advisor's place where I was basically calling people to book appointments for the advisor. That was my job. Uh the gentleman left the door open about, I'd say a crack where I could even hear the conversation. And that's where I got inspired. That's where I'm like, well, this gentleman is actually helping this family with their finances, talking about money, talking about how much money they can make and how they're going to grow and reach their goals. And he gets paid for it. That sounds pretty cool. I want to <laughs> do that. And literally, since I was 16, I was pretty much focused on. I want to make sure I can help people. I can make sure that I can re- help them reach their goals, and and if I can make them money and make myself money as well, well, that's a, that's a that's the definition of happiness. When I was 16. Okay. Now, one of, one of the
0: things that you do beyond this, obviously, but connected is. Uh, Ah, uh, media stuff. Uh, you're often, you know, quoted in media, and but you're also, uh, you know, uh, uh, looked upon as a financial expert. Uh, you know, uh, with certain different uh, media venues. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how did that start?
1: Yeah, about 16, 17 years ago, I was approached by uh, Horus Radio to uh, be an expert on certain topics within the financial world, um, and then at that point, that's where um, Day Pop, which and I were also introduced to the station managers and the uh, content team and they needed a business analyst. Someone to go over the business news in the local area as well as what's happening throughout the world. And so we were actually on the radio about 17 years ago and we've been doing that ever since. CTV came on board and Global came on board many years later. And so now we're also on, on those two era platforms as well. So we've covered TV and radio now as business analysts and business experts uh, for uh, for those media outlets from a local level, and then we also give them the national international uh, flavor to it. So we we've, we've not only been able to work with clients, but also be able to help people understand the day to day news stories of what's happening. How do you like doing that? Uh, it's nerve wracking still till today <laughs> after so many years. And Mario, you were one on one of our shows as well many years ago when we uh, when yeah. you were working with one, one of the uh, the publication companies out here. Um, and so it was it was it helps us kind of. Ah, uh, communicate. It helps us stay on top of things, but it's ah uh, it's nerve-wracking. i don't I don't always like it so much, but I, I try to do as as a best of a job as I can,
0: okay. Now you've also kind of transitioned into doing a lot of podcasts and uh, the Carmali ex- uh, exchange. Can you talk a little bit about that? How'd that come about? and 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 what do you do with the podcasts?
1: What I've noticed, I think over the last 15, 16 years is that, um, when I, I've had the opportunity to analyze and review and uh, discuss about major corporations around the world, I've had the opportunity to be on, on conference calls, speak with C-suite members, do some research with them and learn how to pick portfolios or select investments for my clients. And and they these companies generally have five key areas. When I take it down to the uh, private, uh, small, medium-sized corporations in this country, um, not all five pieces of a successful business are being applied. And, and I didn't think that these businesses actually had a place where they can learn those five, what I call them the five P's uh, on, on the success of a business. And so my, I, one of my, my passion is to, to help, of course, and to help business owners. And so I built a, an entire platform to help business owners on this and, and give them some, some feedback on how their businesses can grow. We, work, we have workshops, we have podcasts. We have interviews. We have conversations. Um, and so it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. And, and those are the key things. I think you know. Very uh, a lot of our business owners in, in this country are very good at their craft. Uh, they're not always as great with business itself. Yeah. I think that those five P's they need to work on are knowing how to handle their their people, their product or service. They have to have passion or purpose beyond what they do. They have to have a process in their business, and they know how know how how to have, have to get paid. And uh, if you put those five P's—people, passion, product, process—and get paid, um, you've got a very good business. You can handle all five. So,
0: uh, over the years, uh, who are maybe some of the most famous people you've done on your podcast?
1: Oh, there's been there's been quite a few. I think I'll use the most uh, most impactful more than the most famous. I think that's that's where the key comes into play. So let's talk with the founder of uh, of UG. Um, you know, when Brian Smith came on board, he was. Uh, he, he has such a great story. He talked about how, how he actually was selling shoes out of his his back of his van on on the beach in North California, all the way to how you see it as a multi million dollar company. How he lost his company, got it back, stole it. Um, th- those experiences of that journey is uh, is is fantastic. When you look at the uh, some more of a national. A brand like, uh, 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 you know, like Ashley Freeborn and what Smash and Tess has done, and how they built it from out of Vancouver, going to an, a national brand, having major artists wear her clothing is fantastic. And then you can see local brands in in the, in the Calgary area, for example. You've got service-based businesses such as more and her her entire studio and how she's built her uh, her uh, uh, entire business. You've also got Joy Drop doing fantastic work and in the retail side of things. And, you know, these stories are, are not heard, but it's the learnings of what they need to do to make it better is where entrepreneurs come. So when I talk about impact, these are the ones that given the biggest impact, I think, to, to the viewers and listeners of our show. What have you uh, learned
0: in, in interviewing all these people? Um, what have you learned in terms of key lessons for success uh, uh, of being an entrepreneur?
1: I think one of the key lessons I learned is there's no one way of doing it. You know, we talk about and in the investment world, you know, you have to have a certain type of process or a certain type of metrics to, to reach the, what's called a pinnacle type of company. Um, in, the, in the private sector, uh, small, medium-sized corporations, it's not all done the same way. So that's the number one learning. You can become a successful business without being a conventional business. Yeah. Um, number two, um, not surprising, but confirmed my by, by thesis, most business owners don't know their financials the ones that do very well are the ones who know their numbers many of them will say i'll hire an accountant i'll hire a financial person to take care of that so they don't know their metrics they don't know how to move the levers of the business Uh, and so i think that was um confirming my thesis about what individuals had and how to actually connect with your customer base was Mm -hmm. probably the third one when you look at what happened pre-pandemic during the pandemic, you're looking at things that are happening now your connection with your client they're in so many different ways and it's you always have to be in connection and and have that that interaction with your your customer base because if you don't, your competition will take over and that's that's what we've seen with a lot of businesses around the world
0: you know it's funny you mentioned the 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 connection with the client or your customer base and uh, uh, you know how important that is. I, mean, I was just thinking of the controversy we have right now with Bud Light and uh, uh, and some of their marketing, and uh, obviously they uh, they misread that situation. But uh, you know, which leads me to a, a question a, about a success and failure. Like, uh, you know, how many of these companies have failures right uh, along their journey and their process? but they've learned they don't give up, right? And uh, that's one of the things I've found in, in a lot of these businesses, right? I, can you talk a little bit about the, um, the importance of, uh, of, I guess, plowing through those challenges and plowing through those obstacles?
1: Yeah, when, when I had a chance to talk to like uh, individuals like Shane Wenzel with uh, Shane Holmes and so yeah. forth, um, you know, one thing that he mentioned to me is through his journey, he would see a failure as a failure. Because he was at a certain part of his journey. Further along his journey, he wouldn't look at it as a failure, but an opportunity. And now he looks at failure completely different than when he first started. And I think you can kind of tell where, where an individual is in their journey based on how they describe failure. Um, yeah. To me, failure is a learning opportunity. It's not um. It's not something that can can hurt you or really impact you. You can make mistakes. You can have impact on those mistakes. But it's what you do with that going forward. And so that rebound, that bounce back, that plow throughing that you were talking about, it's all now come back to mindset. And there are a lot of people who are going to fail in their business. 80% of businesses fail in the first five years. Um, and so there's a reason for that. That's why I want to help. But the other part of it is that if you do fail, how do you, how do you, in any format, how do you jump, jump back up and, and move forward?
0: Well, let's face it it's not an easy time for uh for anybody uh these days right and in terms of uh when it comes to the economy and finances and uh and as you mentioned a lot of businesses fail what does it take uh for an entrepreneur to to uh to overcome that like like what do they need to have like a up here i guess uh 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 and, and considering the times we're in now with uh Costs, uh, you know, flying off the roof, uh, you know, in, in terms of everything that they're doing and uh, issues with supply chains, all that type of stuff. You know, what does it take to uh, to be a person of success in this environment?
1: Yeah, the one thing that all I think all entrepreneurs that are successful have as part of their DNA is vision. Uh, mm-hmm. They look through the bigger picture. They They want to make sure that their vision is being accomplished, whatever that vision may be. So I think that's the first thing. If you give up on your vision, you're gonna give up on your business. Um, number two, one thing I see common between entrepreneurs through through the ups and downs is that they have an objective or a goal. They're they're almost so um, egotistical that they can't let things fail, that they push through it and, and try to make it work. And, and there's a lot of insecurity and issues that, that we have as entrepreneurs that we wanna make it be successful. For whatever reason that may be, um, but those reasons are the driver. Now that could be because you got to take care of family, you want to make sure you've got, you know, your, your name and lights, or you, whatever. Maybe you've got the best way to help people. Um, there's 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 a reason or purpose behind why we do what we do. Whatever that purpose is, you're going to see entrepreneurs just be laser focused on that purpose and do what they have to do to make get things get things done. And yeah. so all through all adversity, either a pandemic. Uh, labor shortages, inflation, tax increases, um, all the different things, supply chain, all the things that go on. Uh, you're going to have all these challenges. That vision and that that tenacity to stay stay with it, um, because you have a purpose, is the most important driver. That's what that's what get people through it. We we innovate and we create because we have that tenacity.
0: So you know you're based in Calgary. At, uh... What about the environment here? Like, what do you see when it comes to the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit that everybody talks about, about Calgary? Is that a myth or is that reality?
1: I think Calgary is one of the most undervalued cities in this country. Um, we have been pegged as a typical one industry type of, uh, uh, of a city, um, which is oil and gas. And, and they have reason to have that viewpoint. Um, what's not being discussed as much as I'd like to see um, is the opportunities in other areas. And most people will go right to the tech industry. But I, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of life sciences companies, technology companies, agriculture corporation, manufacturing, fabrication. Like we are diversified more now than we have ever been in history. And I don't think that's being mentioned. We're still an oil and gas town, according to many outside the city. Yeah. But if you actually go through the, the core of the areas in the, in in uh, Calgary, you will see how great and how diverse this this uh, the city is. Not only by industry, but by people backgrounds, knowledge, and what they contribute to the city. So I'm I yeah. think we're undervalued. I, I would I use hockey as an analogy. Think of your most undervalued hockey team. That's the Calgary. That,
0: now what do you know what about the the actually the underlying uh business conditions uh for here or for uh, uh you know the rest of the province uh, how does how does that uh, fuel I guess entrepreneurial spirit? you know we uh-huh. it, you know, there's a lot of talk about that uh, you know obviously taxes are lower and all that type of stuff is that a a, a driver uh, of uh, entrepreneurs here in the province?
1: Uh, and I'll say taxes is an incentive. It's, it's not a driver. It's an incentive. I, I can say that Alberta, by nature, has a different type of oomph. I've lived in three provinces in this country. Um, and the atmosphere in this province of uh, we can do this ourselves, we can make it happen, is, is a little bit different than it is in other provinces or even other states in the United States as well. And so we want to build on our own. We've, ha- we've had this mantra, this mindset, or this history in this mm-hmm. province that we, it's us against the rest. And so we better make it work for us. And so that's kind of been a part of the culture of Alberta. And so that's why you see the entrepreneurs that you do. That being said, we find it the most challenging to go east to west in our, in our business activities. It's easier to go north and south it is easiest for us to work down south than it is to work with our, our fellow provinces across the country for multiple reasons, government reasons, bureaucracy, yeah. um, you know, politics, whatever it may be. But I think Albertans have figured out that, you know, we're gonna break these border barriers going east and west. We're gonna break these borders going north and south so we can open our the lines of business more. And I, I see that more and more happening in this province.
0: Okay, a little bit of a strange question, but I'm just curious. Uh, the entrepreneurs that you've uh, interviewed uh, for your podcast, you know, male, female, any differences that you've noticed between a male and a female entrepreneur?
1: I don't want to generalize uh, on, on any one gender uh, based on that. But what I can say is that all of them are driven to reach a goal. Now, their goals might be different. I have um, not seen as many uh, entrepreneurs focused on end result being money. Mm. And I think that's a very interesting piece. The ones who are chasing the money, uh, you can see it, you can hear it in their tone. Um, and I think that's a big one. When you look at uh, the ones who are, who are focused on their purpose or what they want to deliver, they know the money will follow at some point. And so when I talk about individuals like uh, Jane Lofgren or Amanda Ovacy and these these individuals, these ladies have done a great job. You'll never hear them say it's about the money. And then you talk to individuals like, like Shane Wenzel or members from Litco Law or, or, and so forth. They're not talking about money. They're talking about a service or a product that can make mm-hmm. a difference to people in their lives. So I think that's the, the common bond. The differences, I would say, is how they approach it uh, from a nurturing perspective from an uh, from an uh, ongoing active perspective, I think that's where the differences lie. That's why I think diversity is good, but I don't think it's a gender base. I think they're all they're all focused on the outcome, not the money. Okay, now so what you've said right there kind of tweaked in
0: something in my head. Like a lot of a lot of the companies focus on the end end goal and not so much the making the money, but but building a company in order to sell it. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean, and then there's a lot of companies that do that. Uh, uh, is, is you know, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, as opposed, is is that where you lose the focus of as you're talking about the purpose and the mission of what your company is?
1: You know, I think the purpose can be the ability to build and to build something in order to sell it. That could be your yeah. your uh, your future for your from a financial perspective, or because that's what yeah. you want to do. Uh, Rarely do I see entrepreneurs stay with the same business forever. Mm. Right. I I would label them as business owners at some point, not entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs um, have got this uh, attention deficit to stay in one focus and they want to go into other areas as well. And and I'll look at myself, um, you know, I can talk about my, my, my financial practice. But even within that financial practice, we've got other ways of doing things that are not conventional. And so we're not going to stay with the same old, same old. So I think that there's a change there. I think business owners or individuals who set up a business in order for it to be sold have a different purpose or outcome they're trying to achieve. Not so they can't give a good product or service or anything like that. But I think that people who buy them and want to have a different add value to the success society will see a a bigger bang for their buck because it's already been set up to be sold. I think there's opportunity there. All right. So,
0: Basil, you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you're a very busy man. Where do you find uh, the work-life balance in your life?
1: Yeah, I, I don't really like the com- conversation of work and life being an opposite to end and you have to balance it out yeah. like you're on a scale or a seesaw. I, I honestly think it's part of your life. I'm here. Literally, I'll be going spending some time with my, my family very sh- Shortly, And so it's part of my life. So I'm not a big fan of this whole concept of work versus life. So there's no such thing as balance. It's all of life. Uh, It's just who I am. I've never uh, seen people who have a part of their life have a problem balancing. Sure, there are times you want to spend more time in one thing versus another. Sure, I'd like to spend more time with my family than I can uh, right now. But I have a purpose as well. My businesses are are like my, my children as well. They need nurturing. They're all at different stages of, of their journey and in their, in their, in their course. My, ch- my actual biological children are all at different uh, stages of their life. So I, I, I think they're all like different, different parts of me. And so I believe like there's such a thing as a life, a work-life balance. I think it's just life.
0: All right, wonderful. Thank you, uh, Faisal, for uh, joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. That was our guest on Calgary's podcast, Faisal Carmally, who is an author, talk show host, uh, financial advisor, and business analyst based in Calgary. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.